death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway, as always, joined by my two main men, Max Keen and Jonathan Krause. How are you guys doing this week? Um, it's, it's been a, it's been a week. Uh, it was very stressful at the beginning, but now I'm looking forward to, to break and yeah, just counting down the days I'll be heading home tomorrow and yeah, just tomorrow's going to be great and look forward to just taking a, a bit of time off school. (laughs) You failed to mention that you delivered your very first official sermon this week, Max. Hey, Yep, I, I did do that. <laughs> from, well, how to go? I for my first time, I'd say it went pretty well. Um, I'm getting a lot of good feedback. After the message, my grandpa came up to me. He's like, "You know, you set the bar really high for yourself." I'm like, "Oh, well, great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that." <laughs> But I mean, that that's positive, but it's like, oh man, like, yikes. <laughs> no, that's awesome though, dude. That's, that's a huge stepping stone on your journey. Um, and that's pretty exciting. So uh, for me, it's been a pretty, uh, actually this week's been pretty standard in terms of like workload and stuff, which is nice because I don't know if last week I definitely mentioned on the podcast of how bad a week I was having. So last week was awful. Usually there's three weeks out of the 15, 16 week semester that are just unspeakable heck. Um, (laughs) And that was one of them last week. So we got out of the woods though, coming into this, this past weekend. Um, I'm going through some personal stuff right now which thank God kind of happened at the back end of last week. Otherwise I would have just drowned entirely. Um, but Hey, God is good. God is faithful. Um, and it's always exciting getting in his word because it's reminds us of the foundation that we have in Christ, which is pretty great. Yeah. And you said you're going out of town this weekend. Where, where's your trip? I am going out of town this weekend. Um, which is go, we're going to a place in the middle of, bum nowhere it's like in the boonies dude it's in it's in virginia um basically it's just like a small little cabin in the woods that a friend uh owns uh and we're getting some friends and we're going up there and basically we just hang out and have a good time play like board games bunch of games and stuff we play one of my one of our favorite games to play is okay so this on a christian podcast yeah yeah i get it it's we play murder in the dark um it's it's not actually like bad or anything like it's just called murder in the dark but basically what it is is you have one person that's the assassin and then everybody else is just walking around the house but i have never played in a house that is more tailored to this game than this cabin <laughs> like everything is so perfectly laid out like everything is just beautiful and it, it just sets this game up so well so like if you have like 10 people which we have like 10 people going i think at least you'll have a you'll have one murderer and they have to like run their fingers across someone else's throat and that kills them right and so like you're playing in the pitch dark so you can't see anything unless there's like some moonlight or whatever on the screen porch or something but other than that 
you're in the pitch black, you have no idea who's who, and then suddenly, like, you, you feel fingers across your throat, and then you have to, like, lie down. It's honestly such a fun game. Looking forward to that a lot. But basically, that's what we just do all weekend. We just hang out, have a good time. Um, it's on, like, a uh, small little stream slash river thing. It's I don't know if it's big enough to classify it as a river, but you can do, like, canoeing and stuff. So it's it's a good time. Man, sounds like fun. Going out to the middle of nowhere with a bunch of close friends. <laughs> Yeah, um, playing murder in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> nothing uh, sketchy about that. No, nothing at all. Not playing murder in the dark in a, a creepy cabin in the middle of the woods. Oh, you didn't say it was creepy, but just the scenery that you're giving us makes it sound creepy because you said it was creepy. perfect. It's, it's pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah. There's also a, it makes it even creepier now. One of the neighbors, which is, they're not like super neighborly, but, well, they're not neighborly at all, but in terms of like proximity, in terms of neighborly. And they, they had like a bunch of, what like animals with lots of chickens uh pigs lots of dogs like lots of dogs (laughs) and cats and stuff like that um and they uh they moved out and left all their animals what they just left him are they and so now there's just like animals everywhere it's yeah so it definitely helps the creepy factor did they let them free or are they like still like in a backyard fenced in or something no like well, some of them are free. Like the chickens can get out on their own, but some of them are caged up. Like there's, if, if this could offend listeners out there, <laughs> sorry if it does. There are cages that have like bones in them now, because obviously the. Anyway, you get the picture. So <laughs> man, don't tell PETA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that definitely right, kind well, of makes the situation uh... a little bit more awkward, but. But like what was creepy yeah. though is because of all the dogs they had, they would just be like howling in the middle of the night. And that oh, yeah. was offsetting to say the least. Yeah, that adds to it. All right, you wanna take us into it, Max? Um, sure. So today we're going through Philippians chapter two. And if you if you listen to last week's episode, you know that Christian was hyping this up a lot. Um, because this is one of our favorite passages on our um, missions trip to Albania, uh, we had to memorize this passage. And so um, it's near and dear to each of our hearts. So, um, yeah, for those of you who don't know, we've been studying the book of Philippians. We finished um, chapter one a couple weeks ago, and now we're in chapter two. We're going to be in verses five through 11. And, and this is sort of the climax of what Paul has been leading up to um, at this point, um, because it's just such such a rich chapter on who Christ is, his nature, um, and and the gospel in general. Um, it's it's just an incredible, humbling thing to read. Um, so real quick, I'm gonna run through. Uh, verses one through four and really like recap those just for a second so that we can get the full picture. So verses uh, one through four, chapter two of Philippians, it says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being full in full accord and of one mind, do nothing of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, humility, Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so last week we looked a lot about 
how we should um, treat one another um, with respect and not looking to our own interests, not not being selfish, but being um, being of one accord with one another. And so Paul is going to expand on this by looking at the example of Jesus Christ in this passage. And so starting in verse 5, um, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, like, have this mind that he's he's about to explain, this mindset that Christ had, that we're to have um, among ourselves and in in humility, how we should interact with one another, how we should honor and respect one another. And so it says um, in verse 6, who, um, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So Jesus Christ, he was God, he was man, you know, fully God, fully man. Um, Colossians 2, 9 says, For in him the full deity dealt in, dwelt in bodily form, which is basically saying that Jesus was fully God. He was divine. He was perfect. And he, yet he was in the form of man. And that's what, um, that's what this passage is going to go into. And so verse 5 says that, though or who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. And so he's saying Christ, he was God, and yet he didn't look to being God um, as as something that he was to take part of uh, while he was on earth. And so in verse, verse 7 it says, But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born of the likeness of men, and and I'll go. I guess I'm gonna go into verse eight as well. It says, "In being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." So, so what we see here is Christ. He was taken on the form, um, the form of a man. So he came to Earth. He was a man, fully man, fully God, and yet he did not count being equality with God, a thing to be grasped. He wasn't like using his divine powers in the sense of like, oh, I'm God. Like I deserve all your worship. Like all of you bow down to me right now. Like that, that's not, that's not what he came on earth to do. He came on earth to be a sacrifice um, for, for man's sins. And so what he did was he emptied himself. He took on the form of a servant. He was obedient to God, obedient to the point of death. And so you may feel like this is a weird transition that Paul is getting at. He first is like, hey, so like, here's how you should interact with one another. And then he starts talking about Jesus. And it kind of shifts in a weird, awkward way. But if you look at the passage, he's saying, like, you need to be following Christ's example and then lays out the example that Christ was basically saying like, Hey, this is who Christ was humbled himself. He was obedient to God, no matter what he, what he didn't count equality with God, a thing to be grasped. Like he emptied himself, took on the form of a servant and was there to, to serve others. 
And he's saying, that's the mindset that you need to have with one another. That's the mindset that you need to have in the church is looking not to your own interests, looking not to glorifying yourself, looking not to doing whatever you want, but how you can better serve others. And so Christian and Jonathan are going to go deeper into that, but that's just sort of the overview of what Paul is getting at um, in this passage. And, and we'll continue into verse 11 as well. Yes. Yeah, so Max definitely has touched on it a lot already, but a huge theme throughout this passage that Paul is, is touching on is the, is the humility of Christ, right? The humility of Jesus to literally give up his equality with God. He didn't, he did not count it a thing to be grasped. He gave it up and became in the likeness of men. And that is it. That is, I mean, bar none, that's the ultimate amount of humbling right there. But we see him go even further. He not only humbled himself to become a man, but then humbled himself as a man. And we know, we, we know the doctrine of, of the fact that Jesus was, was fully man and fully God while he was on earth. So there's, you could talk about that in terms of, you know, equality with like, I know, I know there's some weird theology behind that. I get it. Um, but there's also theology behind when Jesus was killed on the cross, when he was crucified on the cross, that he had to be separated from the father, that he had to experience that separation. And that is the, that is the embodiment of obedience and the embodiment of being humble. And who would want to do that? No one would want to do that. And the fact that he would did that specifically so that we could have a way to go to heaven is incredible. And it's so amazing for us. Um, so this, this idea of being humble, right? Uh, I think it's something that we think about a lot in Christian society. You know, you're supposed to be humble. humble. You're not supposed to be humble. Humble, my gosh. What kind of word is humble? Um, you're supposed to be humble, right? You're not supposed to be prideful, arrogant. You're not supposed to be haughty. But I, there's so many verses in Proverbs that talk about uh, how pride comes before the fall and all of that. But what does it really mean to be humble, to humble yourself, right? And Christian came up with it, uh, and he didn't come up with it. He quoted a great quote. I, I, I don't know if there's something in my water tonight or something. I can't talk. I can't pronounce my words. Christian quoted a great quote last week uh, from C.S. Lewis where he said, uh, being humble is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less, right? And we talked about that last week, so go check out that episode. Um, but I kind of want to read a passage from you guys from Matthew 20. So this is Matthew 20, 20. Um, Context behind this, you will get as we read the first verse. So I'm going to read that. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, came up to Jesus. That's Jesus that she's speaking to. And kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? So this is Jesus speaking. He asked, what do you want? She asked him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know of what you are asking and you are, are you able to drink the cup that I'm going to drink or need to drink? So what are they asking for here? They're asking for honor and glory. Basically they're asking to be exalted to the spot next to Jesus on his left and on his right. 
And Jesus is saying, you, you have no idea what you're asking here. And he uh, continues by saying, well, okay, so they answered him after he asked, are you able to drink the cup that I am uh, to drink? They asked, they said to him, we are able, which is pretty arrogant in and of itself. And then he answered them. He said, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and my left hand is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the 10 heard it, so this is the other disciples, they were indignant at the two brothers who had asked to be exalted by Jesus. And Jesus called them and said, you do not know, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We see that Jesus's definition of humbling yourself here is becoming last. It's becoming a servant to someone else, considering yourself to be a slave to the needs of someone else. Boom. What does that come back to? Ooh, Philippians 2. Do not consider your own interests, but also consider the interests of others. Do nothing for rival conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. This is all tying in so perfectly. And we can see scripture once again, making great references to itself. And we have the great high priest, Jesus, as our example for humility. He's the ultimate example for humility. No one can be humbled further than Jesus was humbled by literally giving up godhood and then becoming a man, a dirty, gross man that worked for 30 years and then went ministry for, thir for three years and then was killed on a cross horribly. Not only would he, did he humble himself to become a man, but then he humbled himself as a man by washing the feet of his disciples, which in that culture and that day was just unheard of. And Jesus keeps continuing to hum humble himself, even though you would think that he's got, this, this is as low as he could go. He's hit bottom. He's hit rock bottom, right? We can always, always, always be considering others more than ourselves more, if that makes sense. There's always a position we could be in where we're thinking of others more. There's always a position we can be in where we're thinking of God's will more, God's wants more. We can always be working towards that. We're never going to reach a point where we're done thinking about ourselves because we are so selfish in so many different regards. And this is something that I struggle with a lot. Um, I so often only consider uh, what I want. And, you know, that idea of getting your focus off of yourself and on other people, it takes practice. It, it This isn't like a you wake up one day, your head pops off the pillow and you're like, you know what? Today is about other people. It's not about me. No. You need to put into practice in every situation that you get in. All right, how can I love this person more? How can I comfort this person more? How can I bring peace to this person's life more? How can I show the love of Christ in their life more? How can I be more faithful to them, be more loyal to them? How can I, all these different things, all the fruits of the spirit, which we already talked about in again, uh, earlier episode, all these things we can be showing towards other people. We can be thinking about that more and working on it, really putting it into practice. I mean, I live with, five roommates that I could be trying to reach every day with the love of Christ. And even in our Christian communities, how many times do we walk past people? We make jokes, we say all these different things and rarely actually encourage each other in Christ and grow each other in our faith. And that's a really difficult thing. And it's something that we have to put focus on and we have to practice that. So 
getting back to Philippians 2, I'm going to start in verse 8, which Max actually ended in. But And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So not only do we see Jesus' humility, but we also see his obedience to the Father here. And we see the obedience to the plan that was set in place beforehand, which Jesus had to follow. In other words, to create a way for Christians to have a way to get to heaven. And that's a really amazing, but also really difficult thing because of the process that Jesus had to go through for that. And we can see his obedience to the Father in that. And then in verse 9, he says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So Jesus gave up everything and became the least. And therefore, God exalted him above everything and above everyone. And a name that is above every name. And this is kind of the... Uh, what's the best way to put this? This is kind of the way that God defines his culture in the Christian communities is that you make yourself the least. You become the servant to your brother. But when everyone's doing that, you're exalted. Because for every person that you're a servant to, you have other people that are being a servant to you. And blessings come in full circle. And that's kind of the beauty of, of the way that God has structured his Christian church is the fact that when everyone's becoming a servant to everyone else, everyone gets exalted. And God is going to really the process of humbling yourself is making less of yourself so that God can be more impactful in your life. We are on our process of sanctification. What are we really doing? Right? Well, we're continuing in becoming more like the spirit, becoming more like Jesus Christ, the personhood of Jesus Christ. And for that to happen, we have to be continually putting off ourselves, our selfish natures, our sinful natures. We have to decrease and God has to increase in our lives, right? And that can't help in without the help of the spirit. And that can't help in happen. How helping? My gosh, I can't talk. And that can't happen without humility because humility ties in so many different things with being teachable, with being flexible, with understanding where you were wrong, with understanding how you could become better. Humility is tied to all of these things. We had we had a really interesting question come up in our group chat, actually, uh, a little bit ago. And that question was, would you rather have a child that was very, very capable, but arrogant, or a child that was not very capable, but humble? And we, we went through a lot of deliberation amongst ourselves and everything. And, you know, different people were coming up with different answers. And uh, and this maybe this is a fun thing to ask your friends at home and all that, because it really is an interesting question. Um, but for me personally, I would much, much rather have a child that was not capable but humble, because I think humility is something that's from the Lord. And I think that even uncapable people with humility can be such a blessing to others. Uh, in so many different ways. And if you might be wondering what I mean by less capable, um, that's, it's kind of like a hard thing to put a defini definition on. And I, it doesn't necessarily mean like children that are disabled or whatever. Uh, but one point that I brought up was if you had a child, well, uh, let me say it this way. I have met lots of parents of children with disabilities and there have been some very, very disabled children that I have like met and I've met their parents. And the parents have said, 
yeah, like going into this, when we found out that our child was going to be disabled, like we, we had no idea what to expect. But the life that God has shown us has been so much more of a blessing than we could have ever imagined. And we, we've seen the love of Christ in so many ways that we would have just never guessed that it would be there. And I think that's really an amazing thing. And humility is, is really a thing that is defined by God. And it's, it's from Christ. And it is something that we should all be striving towards in our lives. Man, so like Max said at the beginning of the episode, this is a passage that just really gets me out of my bed in the morning because I just love how this passage is so focused on the beauty of Christ and his work on this earth. That, that you know, every week we tell you guys that this podcast is gospel centric and that we want to keep the gospel at the heart of what, everything we do and everything we say. Um, and really what that means is keeping the, the person and work of Jesus Christ at the center of everything that we do. Because the, the entire Bible is one big story telling, the, or one big book uh, of unified stories telling one great story of how Jesus Christ stepped down out of heaven to come and offer himself as a ransom, paying a price that we could never pay living a life that we can never pay so that we could have our debt paid, a debt that we can never satisfy on our own, a debt that that it's literally described as we're trying to clean ourselves off by using dirty rags because our good works and our good deeds are like dirty rags before God. So thinking that God himself would step out of eternity into this earth, he would, he would come and humble himself into the form of a human, not only a human, but a servant, that he would do that and he would live a life of shame and a life that where he was he was beaten and mocked and and live a life where he was misunderstood and live a life where people were constantly berating him for doing things that he didn't do and then have have it all end by him giving himself up and dying on the cross becoming obedient to the point of death it says in verse 8 like this story is something that you couldn't even make up it's it's a story of how much God truly loves every single one of us. That that Jesus would step down out of eternity so that he could pay a price and offer us this free gift. It's, it's a free gift and all we have to do to accept this free gift is turn from our sins in the form of repentance and believe Jesus Christ. Believe the gospel. Believe he is who he says he is and he has done what he said he has done. It's such an amazing truth and I'm, I'm honored <laughs> to be able to talk about the last two verses in this passage because it shows us the culmination of everything Christ did and the reward that he got when he finally was at the Father's right hand after he came down to earth, did his work, he died on the cross, he, he was uh, raised again from the dead, and then he ascended into heaven. And then finally, here in Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, we get to see what happened to him when he finally was at the Father's side once again. It says, so at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And notice there when it says in heaven and on earth and under the earth, it's exhaustive. I don't know about you guys. I can't think of any place that is not either in heaven, on earth or under the earth. But anyway, back to the passage, it says, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So even these two verses are so rich. Because one, we see that Jesus' name is exalted. It's a name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And this, it goes back to what Jonathan was saying about uh, the passage in Matthew chapter 20, when Jesus was saying that the greatest among you shall be your servants and the servant among you shall, shall be the greatest. When he was saying that, 
he was flipping the entire social order on its head. He was saying that people who lived their lives trying to gain notoriety were, at the end of the day, they were not going to end up in the place of great honor. It was those people who lived their lives serving others who were going to end up in that place of great honor. That he was saying that if we truly want to be the greatest in our society, we should live as a servant to everybody around us. And he did this by coming into the form of a, of a man and becoming a servant. Now, I want to point our attention to a, another passage in the book of John, where it tells us what Jesus, uh, Jesus, it tells us what he came down to earth to do in, in general, not the specifics of what he came to do, but generally what his mission was on earth. And this is John chapter six, verse 38, where it says, this is Jesus talking. It says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So when Jesus came down to heaven, he was submitted to the father's will. And we see that again, reflected in Philippians 2, 8, uh, that was read earlier, but it says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. He, he was obedient to the will of the father. And, and this is such an amazing interplay between two of the characters in the Trinity, two of the persons of the, the triune God that we worship, working together in their respective roles to bring about their great plan for salvation. And, and we see Jesus Christ humbling himself to come down to earth to, to pay the price that we could never pay, like I said earlier, and then going back up and receiving the reward for this, uh, this sacrifice that he made, this reward that everybody is, is ready to worship him. But once again, you know, the argument could be made that if, if Jesus came down to do all of this just to go back up and be worshiped, that maybe he was doing it for his own good. Maybe he was doing it, uh, maybe, you know, sometimes we count the cost of something and then we determine that it may be painful in the moment. But if we wait it out, if we, if we let, the, uh, let the consequences bear themselves out over time, that in the end, the glory that we will receive will be worth the effort that, it, that we put into it. But we see Christ humble, humble himself even in heaven where he goes up and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he, every, every um, knee is bowing to him and every tongue is confessing that he is Lord. And then we get this little phrase at the end of verse 11, to the glory of God the Father. So everything Jesus did, everything he accomplished was all for the glory of God the Father. He is, he is submitting himself to the father in this instance. And he is, he, everything he did was obedient to the father. And when he went down to earth, he humbled himself uh, in that obedience. He humbled himself before men and he humbled himself to be obedient to the will of the father. It's, it's such a beautiful thing to see how our God is a triune God. Of, of course, we see two of the three characters in this passage in Philippians chapter two, but many other passages in scripture point to the Holy Spirit also being God. So we have a triune God, a God who is one in being, but three in persons. And each one of these persons has a different role to carry out. And Jesus Christ's role was this. It was described in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, that he humbled himself coming down to earth, taking the form of a man so that he could become obedient to the point of death and then be highly exalted and have the name that is above every other name. Wow. Uh, how can you read this passage and not be amazed and taken aback and just, just, falling out of your seat because of how awesome the God we worship truly is. Man, I hope that if you guys if you guys come out of this episode with with nothing but one thing. First, I want it to be the gospel message obviously. Every every podcast that we do, I want you guys to take out the gospel message from that podcast. 
But apart from that, if you guys could only take one other thing from this is just to be ha- just just glory in how awesome our father is. He is he's so amazing. He set up this plan and we have other scriptures that say that this plan that is laid out here for us in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, we have a review of what Christ did. This plan, it says, was written before the foundations of the earth, which means that before anything was created, God had a plan to save us. From, from something that we could never save ourselves from. That, that we, we can live and try to be good and try to f- fulfill all of God's laws as much as we possibly want to. But at the end of the day, nothing we could do was going to cleanse ourselves of the sin stain that we had. That the only, the only person who was capable of forgiving us of our sin was God himself. And I want you guys to, to think about this for a second because I'm going to get a little theological here. But when we think about this, it really it really helps us see what sacrifice Christ truly made on the cross. That each one of us, because of our sin, is deserving of an eternity's worth of wrath. Which means that that literally we deserve an eternity separated from God in the presence of his wrath because of the sin that we have committed. We have offended an eternal God and therefore have deserved an eternal punishment. So, So when Christ came down to earth and paid the penalty for everybody who would ever believe in him, when he did that, that means that he is paying for multiple eternities worth of wrath. And because God is perfectly just, we know that no sin can go unpaid for. So every sin that Christ forgave on his, in his work on the cross, he had to pay the penalty for that sin in full. So every single person who has ever believed in the name of Jesus Christ and repented of their sins, and everybody who ever will do those things, had their their penalty paid by Christ on the cross, which means that he paid literally millions of eternities worth of wrath on the cross. And now you may be thinking, how could he pay an eternity's worth of wrath in such a small amount of time? Well, Christ being God in the flesh was an eternal being, which means that for him to pay an eternity's worth of wrath, it didn't take an eternity's worth of time. He is atemporal, which means that in his very nature, he is outside of time. He stepped down into time to become Christ, to become in the form of of a man. But when he was experiencing the wrath of God on the cross, he was experiencing eternities upon eternities upon eternities upon eternities worth of wrath all in a moment. The scripture tells us that that for for a moment, God turned his back on Jesus and poured out all of his wrath for those who would ever believe in his name and repent of their sins, poured that out on Christ. Like, man, we could talk about the physical pain that he was going through. We could talk about the emotional, you know, the, the mockery and, and everything that was happening to him on the cross. But both of those types of suffering pale in comparison to the eternal wrath of God that he was suffering on the cross. If, if you can listen to that and think about that and, and read that in scripture and not be amazed at how much God loves you, if you feel, if you still feel alone and you still feel like there's no nobody in this world who cares about you, all I can do is point you toward God. God cares about you. God, the, the scripture tells us God is love. God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay a penalty that, that you could never pay. God knew that, that you were destined for an eternity separated from him. And now he has offered you a way to be with him through Christ. Man, I, I could go on talking about this for, for days and days and days because of how amazing the truth of what Christ has done for us is. But I just want you guys to take a moment. Just take a moment to think about all that Christ has done for you. 
to, to think about what he has earned you. That as Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us, that there is nothing that you could do to earn this. So that you can't boast. You can't say it was because of what you have done. You can't say that anything you have done has earned this salvation. It was completely a work of God's grace. He did it for you. Wow. How amazing is that truth? And I, you know, every week I say that we do this podcast because we want you guys to know the gospel and we want you guys to, to, to understand the gospel. But I want you guys to understand right now that, yes, understand the gospel, but go further than that. Understand how, what the gospel says about God and what it says about his affection for you. He has such an affection for you. He loves you. Oh my gosh. I just, I'm overwhelmed by God's love and God's grace and God's mercy every single time I think about this. But, um, you know, at some point we have to end this podcast. At some point we have to, uh, we have to step out of our, our awe for God in this moment that sometimes you just have those moments where you just don't want to do anything, but think about how great God is. And I would, I would encourage you guys to just meditate on this podcast or on not, not on this podcast, on this scripture, meditate on this, pray over this scripture. Think about this scripture. Just take a moment out of your day to just read this. Have a moment alone with God and just be amazed by who he is because we serve an amazing God. This podcast exists to point people toward an amazing God, an awesome God, a God who is beyond understanding, a God who is so much greater than us that we can never understand him in full. That's the God that we serve. But he's a God who wants to relate to us, a God who created us to be in relationship with him. And a God who has offered us a path, even though we constantly run away from him by, by committing sins, even though we constantly reject the things that he has uh, commanded us to do, he still pursues us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And man, if you have any questions about this, if, you have, if, if you've been thinking about this and you're like, I want to be amazed by, by Jesus in the same way that Christian Max and Jonathan are. I, I just, I don't know how to do that. I've, I've, never, I've never had that kind of amazement reach out to us. We would love to talk to you more about this because this is one of many, many scriptures that talk about the beauty of, of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We'd love to point you in so many, mother, so many other directions that would help you to understand the, the, the complete work of Jesus as it's revealed in scripture. So if you have any questions or comments about anything we've said today, or, or if you have any doubts that are holding you back from believing this and, and accepting the gospel as, as the core truth that guides your entire life and taking Christ and putting him at the center of everything you do, if you have any doubts that are holding you back from that, or if you think that that is just you know, complete bullcrap and, and nobody should believe that, and that we as Christians believe some pie in the sky, reach out to us. We would love to talk to you. Because... At the end of the day, we want every single one of you guys to come to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if there's some intellectual barriers or any kind of barriers that are holding you back, reach out to us. We would love to talk to you about those kind of things. Because at the end of the day, in John 14, 6, Jesus told us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through him. We have the truth on our side. And as Christians, you can be sure in that. You can rest sure in that fact that we have the truth on our side. So, we want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. Like, like I say, we always do this because we want to get more eyes and ears on the gospel. Every week, we hope to present gospel truth in this podcast. And if you guys would like to support us in that, that effort, we would really, really appreciate it. The first way you can do it is by sharing this episode with a friend or sharing any of our episodes with a friend. 
If there's somebody in your life who needs to be amazed by the truth of who Christ is and what he's done for us, share this episode with them. Allow them to, to just take, take a moment to listen to this and to, to really think and dwell on who Christ is and what he has done for them. The second way that you can support us is by going on, on whatever platform you listen to podcasts, leaving us a rating and review. Because those ratings and reviews help us go up the charts and help more people get their ears and eyes on this podcast so that they can, they can have the gospel in their podcast feed. And if you guys do that for us, it's not because it's something we want to do. Like we said, we're not in this for us. We're not in this because we want to become famous or we want to have notoriety. It's none of that. We're in this because we want more people to know about the gospel and how amazing of a truth it is. And then finally, the third way that you can support us, if you, if you really want to go above and beyond to support this podcast and the things that we stand for, you can go to livingvictorypodcast.com slash donate, and it'll take you to a PayPal link where you can donate straight to the show. And our promise to you is that every cent that you donate to us will go back into gospel ministry. We'll go back into sharing the gospel one way or another. Over the summer, we took the money that had been donated to us up to that point and put it into our evangelism trip where we went out onto the streets in Maryland and we preached the gospel to lost people. Hundreds of lost people heard the gospel because of the work that we did. And it was made possible because of the, the donations that you guys sent us. And we want to thank you for that. And so, you know, we come here every week to talk about God's word, to talk about different things that pertain to, to life and godliness. But at the end of the day, it's all for the gospel. Every single thing we do in this podcast, and, and hopefully we're going to a point where every single thing we do in our daily lives is to point people toward the gospel. Because we want to be eternally, we want to be eternally minded. We want to live lives in such a way that every decision we make points people toward the gospel. Because there's no more important thing, there's no more important truth to herald in our lives than the gospel. So we want to thank you guys for coming back this week. We want to thank you for coming back every single week because you guys are the reason that we keep doing this. You guys are the reason that this show is possible. And you guys are are really what motivates us to get up, to, to see that people come back every week to listen to this episode, to listen to, to us talk about the gospel is, is so encouraging. And we want to thank you guys for that. And as always, love each other and shine your light.